When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show. Watch and heard exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network. I'm going to visit with now Brandon B.J. Jones. B.J., good afternoon, I guess, where you are. Good morning for me. Man, good afternoon, Carlos. Man, how's it going? Uh, I'm doing fine. Um, the B.J. Jones show, uh, uh, is it proper to talk about that? or? Uh, oh, yeah, man. It, we, is, we, we, is it forthcoming? Let, let the folks know. Man, we coming, man, in about uh, about three weeks, three or four weeks, man, that, that lead into that opening game, uh, all corn in North Carolina Central. Uh, man, you, you'll see the show, man, the, the, you know, the, the, the lounge, sports lounge, man. It's, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. If, if you uh, follow what I've been doing on Sunday night, uh, you're going to really enjoy uh, what I got coming. Uh, the top of the line production, man, uh, Black College Sports Network. Uh, man, we're really doing something really special. Uh, and, and you'll really like it. You'll really like it, man. Um, maybe having some call-in opportunities to kind of keep keep that part of it fresh um, and just have some fun with it. But um, it's going to be exciting, man. It's going to be exciting. I'm really looking forward to it. Well, congratulations. And I guess we'll say hashtag team player. Hashtag Black College Sports Network. <laughs> congratulations. Yeah, man. Congratulations. Um. Couple things to talk about here on today's show, um, and you are the football analyst. I, I, I'm proud to say that, and you can do it. You can do it, BJ. Um, a look at the returning <laughs> quarterbacks in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. That position is very important. How goes the quarterback? In a lot of sense, goes the, the football team, especially offensively. Oh, yeah, man. If you look at it, man, you had the top two quarterbacks in the conference uh, this spring that played for uh, the title. Also in 2019, uh, arguably two of the better quarterbacks in the league, you know, played for the title. So if you want to look at the teams who are going to be hosting the trophy, usually, and if we're looking at it for the last couple of years, the, the quarterback that's either first team or second team all swag is on that football team, uh, whether it's been Noah Johnson in the past, uh, whether it's been Felix Harper, Akil Glass, uh, and, and the list goes on and on. Devontae Kincaid, uh, you know, um, uh, Gibbs from Alcorn State. Uh, it, it's been one of those guys. Uh, so history tells us uh, in order for you to win the conference and compete for the conference, uh, that quarterback position has to be solidified. So we can put that down if we had a, a checklist. Quarterbacks, key. Mm-hmm. One of the keys to a successful uh, football season. Now, Alabama State has a up-and-coming quarterback, but then there's there's some question marks for some teams. Believe it or not, I, I think FAMU. Mm-hmm. What direction are they going to go with uh, as far as quarterback? Grambling State University. What direction they're going to go as far as uh, a quarterback? So it, once again, it is very important. Very important to have that leadership ability at that position. Yes, I mean, and, and if you look at teams who have struggled, Grambling State, let me, uh, a year ago, they were very inconsistent on the offensive line. Now, I put a lot of their problems as far as quarterback play 
even though it was not great. But a lot of those problems started up front with offensive line play. It is hard as a quarterback uh, to get to where you want to be if you can't uh, stay upright. Uh, so I think for Grambling, they had to address that issue first, uh, then look at the decision-making about a quarterback. That, now, don't get me wrong. Quarterback did make some bad decisions. It didn't matter if it was pick bottom or the transfer that came in. But also look at it like this. If you're picking yourself up off the ground every time you drop back, you'll start making some bad decisions too. And that's the point for Look, I'm making notes here because we're going to talk next week about O-line and defensive line. Now, you notice I didn't mention Southern University because here's an interesting dynamic. Skelton, Coach Ron say Skelton is a returning starter. Now, I've had some concerns that's public knowledge about uh, Skelton, but you've got Skelton, you also have Lampley and Bubba McDaniels. So, and from what I'm hearing, there's going to be special packages drawn up. You're going to have three quarterbacks that you literally can play. And so that leads me into this. Which school would have an advantage or a disadvantage if they lost their starting quarterback? And now, I mean, that's, I, I know it's a broad question. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the, the biggest disadvantage of a school were to lose a starting quarterback would probably be all clear. Um, I think, you know, one of the kids that they, that they uh, penciled um, as a guy that they would look for is now transferred to Prairie. Um, so that's going to hurt there. Um, I think with, with Akil Glass, he has some unknowns behind him, some talent, uh, you know, but some unknowns. He does have uh, the transfer quarterback from Jackson State. Uh, uh, Quinn Casey, who I think can get the job done. So, I, 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 but behind them you have the two uh, highly talented freshmen. Uh, so, I, I think you know it would probably be all corn in Alabama State. We saw what Alabama State looks like when Ron. Ron, uh, what Alabama State looks like when Ron Nettles is in the ball game. Offensively, they look a lot different uh, with Ron Nettles as opposed to without Ron. So I think that those are two of the teams, Alabama State, Alcorn State, uh, that if there's a, 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 a loss of the starter, uh, look a little bit, they, they look a lot different. And you may be able to add, add purview to that list as well. Interesting. I'm visiting with uh, Brandon B.J. Jones of the B.J. Jones Show. And now I'll go back to, 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 to Southern University. So let's say, and you know, injuries, you know, a slump but more so injuries. The old saying goes, BJ, if you if you don't have one, but if you, if you have three quarterbacks or two quarterbacks, you, you don't have a quarterback. But in this instance, I believe advantage to Southern University because they're going to incorporate playing, I said three earlier, but but I, I think you'll see at least two mm-hmm. in any particular game because I think Skelton yeah. will have a, a, a Taysom Hill type package. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I like what when, when, uh, Ladera Skelton is able to bring to the table, not only with his legs, uh, but when he's on in a passing game, he's a dangerous, dangerous uh, uh, player, and he is almost impossible to stop. Bubba McDaniel, we saw him in that Bayou Classic, and you saw a different-looking Bubba McDaniel. Uh, his ability to get the ball down the field, and he's, he does well with the short and intermediate throws, uh, where Ladera Skelton kind of struggles. Those short, intermediate throws, when Bubba's on the field, everything is open. 
With Skelton, he does well with the deep ball. He kind of struggles uh, with the deep ball when it's outside the hashes. Uh, but we talk about the deep ball coming back across the middle field. We talk about that post uh, and some of those deep slants. He's pretty old. Bubba hits all of them. And then Bubba also adds the ability to run. And if you look at Bubba McDaniel, he's not as slender as he was the last time that we saw him. He's picked up some weight. So now his ability to run the football, he's a real threat there as well. So I'm inter- interested to see on how they use uh, those two and what they do well, uh, you know, to try to win some football games. I, I, I think it's an excellent problem to have. You know, you, you, you would like to stick with one quarterback, and that quarterback, B.J., has success and, uh, you know, makes it all the way through the season. But I just kind of wanted to throw out that scenario. You know, injuries are part of the game, and you don't wish any injuries on, on any of our participating teams but it's going to be interesting to see how all of this plays out some teams uh, need to improve it with the quarterback play some have established quarterbacks Mm -hmm. and some teams have outstanding quarterbacks so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that now bj if i can speaking of quarterbacks and southern has a commitment from Tyler Hughes. Now, this is a commitment. He's uh-huh. got the sign, and hopefully, I, I did find out his birthday is on in December. I won't give the exact date, but it, put it this way, the early signing date, December. That would be a great present. Uh, we're going to bring up some footage uh, uh, of him, Tyler Hughes, and, and kind of want to get your thoughts and perspective on Mr. Hughes. He is a tremendous talent quarterback out of Marietta, uh, uh, Georgia. What, what, what are your thoughts on, on, on him as far as what he brings to, to a program? Bright young man can make every throw. His decision-making, you know, I think last year was his first time starting on the varsity level. His decision-making was amazing. He did what, what he needed to do in the realm of the offense. Didn't try to do too much. Uh, all state at 7A in, in, in the state of Georgia, you're doing something. Uh, he's, he's one of the top quarterbacks in the state of Georgia. And we're talking about uh, football talent. Georgia is right up there with the Texas and Floridas of the world. Uh, plays at Marietta, solid program. They're going to be in the state title hunt. Uh, they're going to be a lot of suitors uh, after Tyler Hughes. And it, it, I think that he's a kid that can come into Southern and, and, and be one of the all-time greats. He's, he has that type of talent, and he's very level-headed. Uh, you talk to the young man, people have talked to him, are uh, blown away. He's very level-headed, and he works. Also, his feet, he can get a double his feet, too. So when you try to creep up, uh, and, or you try to drop back, and try to take away the pass, he's smart when using his feet. He gets out of bounds, doesn't take any unnecessary hits. He is well ahead of his time, um, ahead of his development. You talk about kids. Only played one year of varsity football so far. Uh, one of the top four quarterbacks coming back in the state of Georgia. His decision-making, what he, he, he does, his best football is still ahead of him, which is downright scary. It, you know, and I, I was going to ask you, what, what was his ceiling? Can, can he get better? I think you just you just answered that. And um, uh, talking with him, uh, the offense at Southern University is very similar to, to, to what he's uh, doing uh, concept at, at, at Marietta uh, High School. So there will not be a, uh, a, a, lear- a learning curve, if I can use it that way, BJ. 
when the offense at Southern University, what they're running is similar to what they're running at at, at his high school. Yeah. Now, and I, and I, I think that just, I mean, we, we had a list to come out. The AJC put out the top four uh, returning quarterbacks in the state of Georgia. Tyler Hughes is number two on that list. That's how highly thought of he is. And like I said, we're talking about in the state of Georgia. Uh, with, you can win a national championship just off the talent included here uh, in the Atlanta metro area. And he plays right here in the Atlanta metro area, and he's one of the best of the best. I'm visiting with uh, Brandon B.J. Jones of the B.J. Jones Show, coming to the Black College uh, Sports uh, Network. Fall camp stories for 2021 in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Let's say you're writing an article or you're producing an article. Give us uh, some of the stories that you would see coming into uh, into to the season for the institutions in the uh, in the conference. Can the beast in the East turn into the best in the West? We talk about Alcorn State uh, and the dominant run that they've been on for the past five or six seasons. Can they keep that up? Um, as they transition over to the Western Division. And then I think in the Western Division, it's the wild, wild west. Alcorn, Southern, Purview, and Arkansas Pine Bluffs, to me, are all right there with each other. And I think Grambling is sitting right there on the outside. Who's going to that, – that circle of games between those football teams are going to be nothing short of amazing. And in the East, is Alabama a for real? Is what we saw in the spring uh, a sign of more things to come? Or did they just get lucky? Uh, and what can Sam you and Bethune Cookman bring to the table over in the Eastern Division? And, and it's Bethune Cookman the forgotten about things. We look at what Bethune Cookman has done in the MEAC. We're accustomed to them finishing in the top half of that conference. They've won some conference titles in the last couple of years, but they're always forgotten about. Um, you know, what happens with Bethune Cookman? And how does the new swag look? Um, how is this thing going to really shake out? And and this is is this the year that the select finally gets over the celebration bowl hump? Only one celebration bowl victory, Grambling State University back in 2017. Outside of that, the celebration bowl and the MUX Swag Challenge has been dominated by the MIA. BJ, Alcorn State, FAMU. They haven't played a football game in almost two years. Should there be some concern with that? Because there's getting in conditioning and getting in shape, but there's also hitting in, in, in football shape. Should that be a concern? And if not, I remember asking you on the show before about spring football and they being off a while. You, you will be able to tell that right away. Is that something that Alcorn and, 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 and FAMU will have to uh, knock off that old rust? One of the benefits that Alcorn will have is that their first game against, is against North Carolina Central, who also hadn't played in two years. So I think that you're going to see a, 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 a sloppy football game for the New York Challenge, especially for the first quarter and a half, maybe the first half. But I think by the time Alcorn gets the football teams that have played, by the time they get around to that Northwestern State game, they're going to be uh, ready to go. And you didn't have that luxury. They play against Jackson State. Now, I can say Jackson State almost has a completely different football team a lot of those guys haven't played in the spring. So a lot of those guys haven't played in two years. Um, I, I think that Alcorn has the advantage of who they open up with compared to FAMU. But I think, you know, once those teams get their footing, and it may take a game or two 
um, I think you're going to get the best of those football teams, which I think that may be a disadvantage for fan you going into that Jackson State ball game. Also, I guess one of my uh, fall camp stories, or, or shall I say the season, will be how much success in non-conference play. We know Southern McNeese, I'm looking at that ball game. Uh, Alcorn State is at home. Southern's at home. Alcorn State at home against Northwestern uh, State. Do do you look at mm-hmm. those two games maybe a little bit more critically? Yes, because we talked about the new swag and how the how stronger the conference is getting. Well, you have to win the non-conference games. Your conference your conference strength is determined based on the non-conference games that you win. And if you don't win any of them, I want to hear anything about the conference getting stronger. No, you just added some things. The conference is strong is when, when you get when you step outside the conference and you're able to collect some wins. So that's what I'm looking forward to, uh, to happening. Um, I hope that we see it this year, that we have a breakthrough in the conference. We've got some opportunities for every you steps outside the conference. Texas Southern steps outside of the conference. Yes. Uh, so you got a lot of teams that are stepping outside the conference. we got to come back home with some Ws. Um, if not, we're doing a lot of uh, talking and a lot of hype, and that's just what it is, just a lot of talking and a lot of hype. In other words, the proof will be in the pudding. In Absolutely. Those, you know, and, and I just look at them, and, you know, I can only speak for myself. But, uh, I just look at those games. They're very important. Mm-hmm. They're very important. And I know the goal is still you, you to win your conference, get to the celebration bowl. But um, as Coach Aro said, you know, you want to win every week. And that means in conference and out of conference. So uh, that's a, a very important. Uh, BJ, as we wrap this up, any um, closing comments? Uh, maybe you can, you know, pump your show up a little bit more or, or something that something else that you want to say or look at about this upcoming season? Oh, uh, man, the um, uh, biggest thing is uh, – um, the piggyback, which off you said, winning conference games helps you. Winning non-conference games helps the conference. And that has to be the mentality in the, in the, in the conference. Because what we're looking at, and, and, and Dr. McClellan talked about it, we could potentially get a team in, into the at-large uh, FCS playoff. But w- to do that, we have to win those non-conference games. And we have to schedule those non-conference games. We have to schedule them and win them. Also, looking forward to the conference, man, looking forward to the season of the conference. We're celebrating the Big 100 here in the, here, here in the sweat, so which means we're going to do a big. And we're going to do a big right here uh, with, with the Sports Lounge with B.J. Jones. Uh, it's probably going to be coming to you, probably moving off of that Sunday rotation, possibly uh, Wednesday, uh, so everyone can enjoy it. That, that'll stop me from having to rush back and forth when I'm, when I'm hitting the road um, and, and, and we'll stop some of those council shows. Uh, and they're just doing it midweek, man, to get you excited about the week that's upcoming and the week that we just had. So uh, you'll hear more and more uh, about the Sports Lounge coming up. Like I said, it's only a few weeks away. Looking forward to it. And like I said, if you enjoyed it on Sundays, you're going to really enjoy uh, what we have coming uh, coming to you now, uh, courtesy of the Black College Sports Network. So looking forward to uh, seeing everybody and getting the feedback. Uh, and I'm really, uh, really excited about doing it. Well, once again, congratulations. Appreciate you coming on. Let me know if I can be of any help to you before it's your new adventure. But uh, welcome. Welcome to Team Black College Sports Network, Brother Jones. I appreciate you. Uh, look, I know you have a busy weekend ahead of you. Appreciate you. Uh, we'll talk again real soon. 
All right, man. I'm looking forward to it, fellas. Thank you. That was Brandon B.J. Jones of the B.J. Jones Show coming here on the Black College Sports Network. I'm going to take a timeout. I'm going to switch gears. I'm scheduled to join Coach Carlos James, head baseball coach at the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. I, I love talking with Coach James. He's going to give us some information maybe that um, is happening as far as SWAC baseball. We'll talk about UAPB baseball and where they're at at this point in time. But Coach Carlos James, University of Arkansas Pine Bluff head baseball coach, is coming up next. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. I'll be right back. My grandfather was a case in that study. He worked as a firefighter where the Tuskegee Airmen trained. He and I were phenomenally close. The syphilis study happened for 40 years. Penicillin was found to be the most effective treatment, but the men were denied the treatment. Interestingly enough, I've had someone tell me that they were concerned about getting the vaccine because of the syphilis study. And I always, you know, try to educate or provide some information about what happened. But then I said, you're talking about something that happened to my family. And I've taken both of my vaccines. I'm doing this for them. Health is greater than wealth, and it's really up to us to take ownership of our health and this story. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watch and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice dot com. Always on, all the time. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show. Right here on the Black College Sports Network, I'm going to visit now with my next guest. He's the head baseball coach at the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. What a great first name, Coach Carlos James. Coach James, good morning to you. Good morning. How you doing? Man, I'm doing fine. You, you, you're, looking, uh, you're looking outstanding. You look like you're ready to uh, be in the, in, in, in the dugout. You, you, you're ready for some baseball, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I might try to play again, man. Yeah, well, 
I appreciate you here on the Carlos Brown show. And um, just give us an update with the uh, University of Arkansas uh, Pine Bluff as far as baseball-wise. Uh, we, we just like everybody else in the country, um, just trying to finish up recruiting. Uh, for us, obviously, our, our Achilles heel has been pitching. Uh, so we, we've really, you know, tried to add more pitching, some, some older guys, some, some transfer guys come in and help our staff uh, rel relatively last year. We was pretty young uh, for the most part of the year. We started probably seven or eight freshmen uh, most of the year. Uh, they stay. And then uh, this summer, they, they've all had a summer. We have got a couple of them playing in the draft league. Uh, and some more leagues all around the country, and they, they have to prove that they're not a last place team. Uh, but but it was our job as uh, to probably that can help us out on the mound that's going to give us a chance. We don't have time. You get to, we get to that part, and the other part is, you know, you're just hoping that your kids come back uh, healthy. You know, uh, I'm not worried about a man in shape because my kids, uh, you know, again, they play well down the stretch, so they have some good things that happen to them. Uh, we went in and swept Grambling at the end of the season, uh, which was big for us, uh, being a young team and the way they had pounded us early in the year uh, with, with, the, with the veteran presence that they had. Who always does a great job with them. Uh, oh, before I go to, I want to shout out to Coach Cooper as well, uh, African American coach Alan Swack, that's working with USA Baseball in the Prospect League. Uh, he's coaching the great team. I've been following him. He's been doing a really good job. So shout out to Coach Cooper as well. Coach Daniels, you uh, identified pitching. What other areas have you identified that? you guys need to improve on that, that was our main area right there was pitching um we we again we started seven to eight freshmen last year so we're returning everybody from last year's team uh position player wise uh we we and then we just brought in more pitching you know that that's been our thing then we added another catcher uh we needed another experienced catcher uh we got one guy that came well two guys came back from last year's team we actually started a freshman last year and Edwin De La Cruz, which is in the draft league now, uh, uh, playing with Johnson City. Uh, so we got him back. And then we got a, a kid named uh, Jesse, uh, last name Jesse. Dad played in the big leagues. He's a catcher out of uh, Lamar in, in uh, Colorado. Uh, so that's going to give us some depth. We had a freshman, uh, Jelani Willis, that was already here, um, you know, that that we feel that, that could swing the bat really well and, and become a pretty good catcher. Um, and then we got a, a number of other catches that we had that were young that came back uh, from last year's team. But the main thing is just we had a lot of Juco pitching uh, and some transfer guys, some transfer pitchers out of the port. Coach, as far as your schedule, we kind of seen how how you usually make the schedule as far as um, non-conference. Will you still follow that same format as far as your, your, your upcoming 2022 season in, in non-conference play? Yeah, uh, we, we try to play the best that we can uh, within a, a four or five-hour radius of, of Pine Bluff, which usually pits us against uh, the University of Arkansas. We got them twice. 
we try to play Mississippi State, TCU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State in, in rotating type basis. Uh, I, I don't have my schedule like handily in front of me, but I know we got a number of those, those teams on there as well uh, on our schedule. And then our weekends are completely full with SWAT games now. You know, uh, we're going to a 30-game conference schedule. Um, then our non-conference, we added like Jackson State on the weekend. Um, tentatively, we got Mississippi Valley on the weekend. And again, I got to break in again. Stanley Stubbs, uh, congratulations for being the head coach, named the head coach at uh, Mississippi Valley State University. Uh, we're still awaiting to see who's going to be the coach at Alcorn State uh, University. But welcome, Stanley Stubb. And Stanley, if you're listening, please call me back. Don't start big leaguing me already. Uh, <laughs> I need to talk to you about some scheduling things since we're uh, probably about an hour and 45 minutes away from each other. So um, I- I'm-, I'm pleased with our schedule. It's not one of the harder schedules that we've had since I've been here. Um, but it's a very competitive schedule because I had to take in consideration this year that we got 30 conference games and our tournament is a little bit later. Uh, and if you try to cut down on some midweek games this year, uh, just for the fact of, you know, you got COVID and things like that going on. So we want to kind of be aware of that early, early when we schedule. I'm busy with Coach Carlos James, UAPB head baseball coach. Uh, I, I was going to ask you about swag baseball news and updates, but you, you kind of talked a little bit about uh, the, the the conference schedule that that you're uh, that the conference is, is going to have uh, yes. uh, uh, this year. But I will ask you this: if you could recommendations you believe that could improve uh, swag baseball and swag baseball conference, what, what, what recommendation? And I know you guys have a process. You know, the right. coaches recommend to the uh, to the ads, and you have committees and what have you. But um, what what recommendations you think that would um, be good for swag baseball? Well, uh, a lot of things that that we've been recommended has, has already been implemented. Uh, great, great. Uh, we're we're grateful for having the commissioner that we have over the swag conference. You know, and and, and Dr. Charles McClellan. Uh, a lot of things that we've brought forward, uh, they, you know, he and his staff has already implemented them. Uh, one of the major things was, you know, just the, the scheduling, moving the tournament back, and you know, kind of by by expansion, that happened on its own. It happened naturally, you know, actually, uh, with moving the tournament back because now you play 30 conference games. Uh, everybody knows that Alcorn moved from the east to the west, and you added Bethune Cookman. And Florida a and and we like to welcome those guys as well uh, to the to the Southwestern Athletic Conference, especially baseball, uh, because for for us and just like our commissioner told us uh, uh, when we had our in person meetings probably about eighteen months ago, you know we're we're our, we are our conference profile has taken a step up uh, since adding Bethune and Florida a and m so you know we basically you know, uh, a HBCU Super Conference, you know, uh, kind of following along with what the SEC does, but we're doing it on the HBCU level. So uh, baseball and the swag has already improved tremendously. We got a lot of young um, coaches that's, you know, into the league. We got a lot of older veteran coaches. We got a lot of coaches that can flat out coach. I mean, those guys can flat out recruit. Uh, I think the only thing that I would probably add, and, and I know our commissioner and the conference has been working on it, is just trying to get more visibility 
uh, for our programs, you know, plan, plan some games. Hopefully we can get on just like with football and basketball. We can get on ESPNU, ESPN3, ESPN2, ESPN University or whatever uh, uh, during the year to kind of not only showcase our programs, but so, showcase our universities, our campuses and our facilities. Um, you know, we have one of the best facilities, not only in the conference, but but in college baseball, period, if you, if you look at our place. And, and I can, you know, kind of uh, pick up my phone and move it around a little bit. But, you know, we got a really nice place here. Uh, yeah. Alabama State has a really nice place over there. Jackson State's place is nice. Southern place is nice. You know, Grambling, Coach Cooper has done a wonderful job. And I know I'm swinging his praises, but, you know, and we go after it, you know. So I love Coop to death. I understand. He's done a really good job on his on his plan surface. You know, their their administration. Uh, when I first got in the conference, it was pretty bad, but but his his administration has stepped up, and and Grambling's plan surface is really really good. Um, you got uh, Elliot over at Alabama A and M, and I know that you know with the pedigree he comes from, Coach Kadar and that group that he went through Coop's uh, program. You know, you could start to see Alabama A and M probably their field going to get better. Um, and just, that's just to name a few. I hope I didn't leave anybody out. Prairie View has a really nice facility. Uh, I'm, I'm rooting for Coach Rob to get an on-campus stadium uh, because he's done a phenomenal job with not having a place to practice on campus or even, you know, a home to call his own, you know. So that would be the only thing I would say going back to it is, is just adding visibility, make, making sure that we can get some games on television so that we can showcase our, our facilities and our programs. And, and being more visible on television, I think, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong or if you disagree, mm -hmm. what you just said, then I think it will help and build a goal where we often talk about how baseball can be successful as far as programs. We could maybe one day see an at-large bid in the Southwest Athletic Conference, particularly with now Bethune, Cookman, and Fam, you coming in. Hey, you still your goal is to win the tournament championship, but Hey, you've done enough. Your program has been uh, at an excellent season. Now you, you, you qualify for an at-large berth. Is, is that in the realm of possibility you see in the future? Yes. Yes. Cause what, what has basically happened is, um, and I guess I don't really want to get ahead cause I know we got uh, MEAC fans on here, but unfortunately for the MEAC, you know, they lost a number of institutions, uh, you know, to other conferences, and we we grab two, uh, which which you know takes the profile of the league down, so to speak. Uh, you still have you know great baseball over there with with uh, Norfolk State and a few other schools, but North Carolina Central is not having baseball now. Um, but and you add Bethune to our conferences, and then uh, A and T is going went to the Big South. Um, so you know that allows us to kind of sneak in there and probably steal the second bid. You know, if 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 Jackson State would have done uh, done in 22 what they did in 21 and losing a championship, they probably this year would get a large bid just because, you know, we weakened the the, the, the MIAC is, is a little bit weakened because they lost some institutions. So that would help us out as well. And I, and I just think with adding those two schools to our conference, um, we're right on the heels of the Southland Conference because they lost some members to – you know, in realignment as well. So that, that puts yeah. us right there with those guys, you know, to fight to steal another bid, you know? So, uh, and I think again, with, with just the, the competition level that we got in the conference and the coaches that we got, we're going to continue to get better and we should be able to, um, 
you know, it, it, even if it's the, the two teams that make it to the final the championship game, you know, uh, get into the tournament, that'll be fine. But we got some work to do. Um, a lot of it is going to be based on scheduling. Um, you know, we, we got to do a better job of, of getting the NAI schools and the D2 schools off of our schedules so that our strength of schedule can go up for a conference as well. Uh, but, you know, with HBCUs, there are a lot of uh, heritage type, type games and a lot of tie-in type games to smaller institutions that near you that, that you know, our presidents and our alumni uh, kind of, you know, we have to play those games, but we, we need to get away from those type of games um, so that it would raise the, the, uh, the level of, of our conference play and our strength of schedule, you know, so to speak. Last but not least, Coach James, I, I know you got a chance to watch uh, the 2021 20, SWAC tournament championship yeah. game. And mm -hmm. I, I'm just going to be brutally honest. I picked Jackson State to win it, but predictions, they're just that. The prognosticators are sometimes wrong. You would agree. Right. Quickly, right. your thoughts on, on, on that baseball game. It was one, I guess, uh, for the ages. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was a great game. Um, anybody that follows the SWAC knows that the favorite team usually never wins the tournament. Um, but you got to give kudos to both of those teams. I thought they were the better two teams all year long. Uh, I thought Prairie View did a, a great job. Antoine Riggins did a great job uh, yes. doing the season with his program, finally getting to the top in the West. Uh, you know, kudos to him uh, and his program. Uh, Omar done a phenomenal job with his guys. You know, they, they got rolling and that, and that thing never stopped. And, and, and they just ran into the only team, I think, in the conference that could beat them in a championship game, which was a, a veteran-laden Southern team. You know, that group had been to the championship before the pandemic uh, before. And, um, you know, they had a lot of things that they had to go through as well, you know, with Carrick leaving and been, becoming the president of the draft league. And uh, Coach Crenshaw and his crew stepped in, and, and, and they did a marvelous job. You know, a lot of people were on them early, but, you know, anybody knows about coaching, it's a rhythm. It's, it's, it's guys got to get into your uh, uh, – the way you do things. You know, even though he was assistant on the care, everybody does things differently. And then the kids have to adjust. But one thing they did have is they had great leadership. Uh, on that club and they had a, a bunch of older guys that had been there and done that and it was almost like um, for me watching them it's like watching uh, uh, the Lakers this year you know just let us get in the tournament and once we get in there we know what to do uh, a la Texas Southern that's what they usually do uh, during the year all the years that they've ever won uh, Coach Rob they never really won a division they just got in the tournament and won well Southern Again, only team that could beat Jackson State this year was Southern, and and they did. It was a great game, uh, but I think Southern's experience at the end of playing in that championship game helped them out, helped them to uh, be the victim. Well, Coach, we appreciate you coming on the uh, Coles Brown show. Uh, a, 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 a different version now, video screened. How, how, how you like that, Coach? Uh, hey, this uh, is pretty cool. This is pretty cool, the video screaming. I'm, I'm glad that um, we finally got our office and stuff together where, where I got a place where you can see and this. It showcases our program now that you got video, you know, that, you know, you can, people can kind of see what we got here, you know. I, I can turn around a little bit. I'm going to brag on my program before we leave, but 
You know, we got the, the, the furniture with the golden line heads. It overlooks oh, the nice. stadium. You know, it overlooks the stadium. We got windows. You know, we still make, we, we, we won once upon a time. We got trophies back there. So, uh, you know, our place is nice. Uh, we got a new locker room. Um, lockers, we got, the guys got their own chairs with their names on them and all that. So um, we make it progress as well. You know, it's, it's an arms race. Uh, so we're, we're, we're proud of what we got and, and we just want, we're proud to represent the conference and, and hope that, that UAPB can bring value to the SWAT. Well, it, I've been keeping up with the updates from afar, but it was nice getting that quick shot. Uh, kudos to uh, UAPB, you, your staff, and your players. And I, I, I won't put any pressure on you about I look to see you um, maybe in the uh, championship mix, but you got will be back. You'll be back, right? I'll definitely tell you, every, you know, one thing I learned in this game is everybody has their turn. And you just got to be blessed and lucky enough to, to that your university believes in you enough to, to wait till you get to your chance again. You know, I, I remember real funny story real quick. You know, I, I used to always pray like, you know, I want to win, I want to win. And then one day God told me, say, hey, don't you think uh, uh, Southern's Coast pray? You know, Texas Southern Coast pray. You know, Jackson State, praise. <laughs> so you can't win every time. You know, it's just not gonna happen. Though, and I think, and I mean, you talked about that before. Those days of somebody dominating the swag, those days are over now. You know, uh, kudos again to Coach Kadar and Coach Brady, Coach Ellis, those guys that had those long runs. But that's not gonna happen again in the swag. It just, it's just gonna be, it's too hard to do right now. Um, so, cause like, again, you got some really good coaches in this league and they're very, very competitive and, and, and we get after, we may shake hands and stuff afterward, but doing that game, you know, it's, it's nip and tuck and even in the recruiting circles as well. So, um, people should be watching out for swag, watch more swag baseball. Uh, again, we play that, that, uh, classic in, in, um, in Dallas, and it was just like one of the football classics, you know. So I think SWAC baseball is getting a lot better. I just want the, the SWAC community to start supporting it, start tailgating and all that at baseball games because I'm telling you, it's just some dudes in our league now. Yes, indeed. You heard the call. More support, both financially and from a fan perspective. Coach, appreciate the time. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll talk again real, real soon. All right, thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, that was Coach Carlos James, head baseball coach at the University of Arkansas, Pine Bluff. I'm going to take a quick time out. When I return, A.D. Drew of Black College Sports Network, Sports Wrap, he'll join me and we'll wrap up today's Let's show. Let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam.
thank you guys for what you do for HBCU athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN. So we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN. We really appreciate what it is that you got, you guys do for us. Hampton Law, our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns. As your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interest and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit thamptonlaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton Esquire, 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407-494-1471. thamptonlaw.com. Q-Time is a classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in the historic West End. Q-Time Soul Food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard, or call your order in at 404-758-2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q-Time, an Urban Passport member. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show. You remember, you can watch, hear it exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network. And now I'm going to introduce my last guest of today's show. Uh, he is an important guy. He is one of the uh, guys that helped uh, make this possible as far as from the production, the technical aspect, Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. None other than A.D. Drew, Black College Sports Network sports rep. Mr. Drew, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Carlos. Welcome to the family. And uh, thank you for allowing me to participate in your show and be behind the scenes on your show and produce and even let me get a little FaceTime. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, No problem. It's all about being a team. And, and that's why I, I want to thank you again for all of the legwork you did along with Roy. Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, Michael Elam, and Adrian L. Wilson. Without those particular individuals, it wouldn't be possible. So appreciate also, that. Also, shout out to uh, my partner, Brian Fulfill, who produced during those first couple of weeks while I was out uh, getting married and getting surgery and everything. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, congratulations. And yeah, how could I forget about Brian last week? But I did thank him last week. I did. So you're right. I, I need to constantly thank him uh, as well. SIAC, I'm going to call you my SIAC consultant for the Coles Brown Show to predict all the finish uh, was put out this past week. But Tuskegee, you happen to know a lot about Tuskegee University. Uh, were they slighted 
Weren't they disrespected, in your humble opinion? And specifically, even on the uh, all-conference team, was it represented well? Coach Slater, tradition, Tuskegee, a lot of wins, outstanding football program. Were they slighted? You said they weren't represented well. They weren't represented at all, Carlos. At all. I, okay. I, I cannot remember a time when Tuskegee did not have a player on first or second conference, offense, defense, special teams, something, coach of the year, uh, preseason number one. So, you know, I won't say disrespected. But now, full disclosure, I am a, I am alum of Tuskegee <laughs> University. I, I got my uh, master's degree at Tuskegee University. But it's almost the par for the course over the last uh, couple of years. The unexpected has happened to so much things and so much of our traditions that we have grown and been accustomed to that nothing surprises you anymore. You know, uh, Tuskegee, third most HBCU national championships of any team following uh, Grambling State and Tennessee State. Tuskegee has 12. Uh, Grambling has 15. Tennessee State has 16. But it's also a sign of the times. And Coach Slater said it on his way out during the interview, one of the last questions during the uh, media day. You wonder why, why Tuskegee decided not to go to the playoffs and go back to the Turkey Bowl. He point blank said it. It was money. Tuskegee, despite its tradition, is falling behind the times. They need to go... I hate to say go get the checks, but they've got to go get the checks so that they can keep up with the teams that Miles has passed them as far as what has happened over the last decade. Tuskegee owned the first half of the twenty uh, teams. Miles has owned the second half of, of the twenty teams. Uh, you remember Kentucky State snuck up in there in about fifteen or sixteen and won a Western uh, Western title. Central has since they've come up from NAI has been competitive. Lane has shown competitive. Tuskegee is falling behind the times uh, financially. And in the days where a lot of these high school programs have better facilities than some of my HBCUs, Tuskegee did a reality check and say, hey, we need to go get this money so we can go ahead and upgrade our facilities. Yes, you had the, the donations from Mackenzie Scott, Got a new president, Dr. Charlotte Morris, who has been interim umpteen times at Tuskegee. She's finally taken the job, or they finally offered the job. Not sure how that happened, but with her commitment and then Coach Slater's vision, hopefully Tuskegee can get back to his rightful throne as the leader in Division Two and one of the leaders in Black college sports all uh, together as they approach victory number 700 uh, this year. I'm visiting with A.D. Drew from Black College Sports Network Sports Ramp. Um, Eastern Division, Savannah State picked to uh, win it. Miles, uh, Western Division picked to win it. And it'll be interesting about Miles because they make a trip to A.W. Mumford Stadium and the Pete Richardson Classic. But Savannah State, you know, hey, uh, a 
rich tradition. Albany State number two, Fort Valley State three. This is in the Eastern Division. Morehouse four, Benedict fifth, Clark Atlanta six, Edward Waters, new member, and SIAC seventh, and Allen University number eight. In the West Division, of course, Miles, Tuskegee runner-up, Kentucky State, Central State, and Lane. What is AD say? What is what would have been your predictions uh, uh, for for the Eastern Division and the Western Division? Or do you agree with what the prognosticators had? Take a look at Miles' schedule. Did you notice who their first two games are against? They open up with Alabama State before they come visit you guys down in Baton Rouge. Two Division One games, two FF. CS games before you open up conference play against Morehouse. Well, yeah, Miles should win, but you better hope Miles better hope that they don't come into that game beat up and lose that opening game to Morehouse in the SIAC. That's a that's almost a trap game, that Morehouse game. Yes, on paper, Miles should win that game, but after basically getting those checks during those first two games, you may be beat up. In the in the Western uh, Division, which may open the door back up for a team such as a Tuskegee or a Kentucky State, but look at Tuskegee's schedule. You know, Tuskegee does the full Alabama tour this year. They have they have Miles, they have Alabama State, and they have Alabama A and M on on their schedule, as does Alabama State. Just a sidebar, who's going to win the state of Alabama, Tuskegee or Alabama State, as both of those teams play the other three uh, HBCUs as football programs in the state. And, of course, it's probably going to come down to the Turkey Day Classic. That's why they play the game. That's why they have the check. Uh, that's why they have those check games. Let me look at it. And that's a valid, very valid point about, you know, I know injuries can happen at any point in the season. And, and valid point what you just brought up but now i can look at it the other way if there are no major injuries let's say they're not successful of course naturally they won't play a more talented team or you know than the than the out of conference games that they played so valid point you hope there's no injuries but they can safely say we we played up we won't play against that type of talent the rest of the season. A am I am I off base on that, or does that come across as being arrogant? Now, you, which team will we talk about? Tuskegee or Miles when we talk about this scenario? Uh, well, actually, Miles and um, actually Miles and okay. then Tuskegee when, when, when they play, but I know it's a it's probably the different part of the season. Here's the problem with Miles' schedule: they've got those two FCS teams on their schedule. Okay. Miles has to win every other game in order to get to the playoffs. Why? Because those two games against Alabama State and Southern do not count in their strength of schedule when it comes to Division II rankings. So while they'll only have eight, potentially nine games with the uh, SWAT championship game on their schedule, then 
if they lose one of those games and you've got other teams and other other conferences in the region going 10 and 1, 11 and 0, that's going to knock Miles potentially out because even if you win that SWAC championship game, you still have to finish in the top eight in order to uh, rank it, in order to get in what they call a preferred qualifier. So Miles has to really be careful with their schedule in order to protect the conference if they're going to be the conference representative. I'm going to flip over to the East. Savannah, the possibly the best put together schedule. I don't think they really leave the state of Georgia <laughs> this year. You know, obviously they've got all those teams in the SWAC within, within the state of Georgia. And then they've got a, a non-conference game against, uh, I believe, uh, West Georgia and Valdosta State. Don't quote me on that. I don't have the schedule in front of me. But they, I, they may leave the state of Georgia one time. They have the championship schedule. And let's, let's all remember, they had the best record in the East in 2019, but were ineligible because of the transition down from FCS to Division II. It, 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 it sounds like we must remember about your schedule is so important and then how the games are situated. That, that sounds like what I'm hearing from, from you as far as let's not uh, devalue the schedule. Let's look at it. It's very important. It is. Where you play games and then what time of time of the year and what time of the season. You know, do you play at the beginning? Do they fall in the middle of the schedule? Or towards the end. Sounds like that's what I'm saying. Right. I mean, which, which is, which, and, and I'm, I'm changing the subject a little bit, which is why I could not pick Alcorn or FAMU to win their specific divisions in the SWAC because of the schedule. Alcorn, six role conference games. And you know why that is. Yeah. FAMU, six role or neutral site conference games. Kind of hard to win a conference, uh, win the division when you're on the road all the time. It's just, it's just fact. You know, I I have a degree from FAMU also. I'm a FAMU home, but I'm also a realist. Well, that schedule, when you look at it, that is that that's a valid that's a valid point. Albeit, certain teams, and here I go. I'm going to brag on Southern again. When they're on the road, it's not like a road game. I mean, physically they're on the road, but they're following. It makes them feel more as comfortable. I'll put it that way, as as playing at home. But but valid points. And, and the good thing about this, we come back and revisit all of this at the end, and we'll remember what AD said. Oh, you know, AD was right. The the, the, the schedule, Miles playing up, the start of the season, did it affect? the rest of the, the, the schedule. Did they get any injuries? But I will say again, they, from a talent standpoint, they won't face anybody else better than when they're they're playing up. Last but not least, quickly, Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, South Carolina State gets the nod over Norfolk State. Are you surprised or, or, or were they spot on? You know, if I, if I wouldn't the person who was used to being on the other side of the interview, I would have just gave you a straight no and left it at that. No, I'm not surprised. It's South Carolina State's conference to lose now. Yeah. Does it surprise me that Howard was picked number six? 
No, does not surprise me that Howard was picked number six. The only thing that kind of surprised me, I thought Central may have been two and Norfolk three. That's where the surprise uh, came, came for me. But other than that, the rest of the uh, conference predictions, the players of the year, et cetera, et cetera, was pretty much par for the course. Oh, we agreed on that one. Yeah, I would have, I would have had, I would have thought North Carolina Central would have got in second and Norfolk State third. They, they just kind of squished it. Um, Ad, what's going on as far as your show as we close out the Carlos Brown show? What up, upcoming shows with my college sports network sports wrap? You and Mr. Brian Fulford. Well, we. You know, we're gathering our information. We've got some interviews coming up over the next couple of weeks with uh, what we like to call the non-traditional, the schools in the non-traditional conferences. Uh, we're setting up interviews with uh, West Virginia State, uh, Florida Memorial, Langston, all the ones who are not in the big four conferences and bringing those to the people so that they can, uh, so that they can, don't forget that we have, other HBCUs that are not in the four traditional uh, conferences. Bluefield State, did you know Bluefield State has football this year? A lot of people didn't know that. A lot of people even know Bluefield State is a HBCU to start off with, but they, uh, they, they're they adding football this year. So we're, we're going through the process of setting up those interviews and packaging those together in a show or two. And then, uh, before the end of the season, something that's coming from the Black College Sports Network, and uh, I hope that you're going to be a part of it too. We're going to have a full-blown preview show uh, going over all 52 teams that play uh, HBCU football. So uh, that's that's kind of what what we're going and uh, you know, try, even though we're the with the veterans of the Black College Sports Network, we try to make sure that uh, all y'all new guys don't take our playing time and uh, take all our air time away from us. You know, <laughs> I know you gotta have a you gotta have a good backup. That second string quarterback is the most popular guy on the team, even in the NFL. Yeah, well, I don't know about the NFL, but in college football. They, they yeah, show but, a lot of love to the backups. But, you know, I'm excited. You're coming. BJ is coming. Uh, got OG, the OG Strike Zone, which is a uh, fan view-centered uh, show. Uh, you know, there are a couple other shows that may be potentially coming. So, you know, if you're looking for the coverage, video coverage, podcast coverage of uh, Black College Sports, that's no better place to be than on the Black College Sports Network, and for those of you all who like to listen in your car, make sure you go to Spotify, uh, iHeart, whatever whatever your podcasting system is that you have in your car. Download the BCS in Pod Zone. It's all of all of our individual podcasts found in one place. You don't have to necessarily uh, search for the Carlos Brown Show anymore. You don't have to necessarily search for inside the HBCU Sports Lab or the BCSN Sports Wrap, just go to the BCSN Pod Zone and all of the network's podcasts, the audio version, are right there for you for your listening pleasure as you drive through traffic, especially if you're in the Atlanta area. You'll get through a full podcast before you get to where you're going. Wow. Let me take a shot out there then. Uh, the city I'm in, traffic is horrendous. 
yeah. and that's for a mid-sized city. Just exactly. think, growing pain. So yeah, Atlanta. I've, I've driven in Atlanta, Birmingham. You'll find out if you can drive when you're in those cities. Well, on that note, appreciate everyone for tuning in, watching. We appreciate you. Don't forget, if you want to make a donation to the Carlos Brown Show, you see the Cash App uh, information is up on the screen. Also, email me at uh, the Carlos Brown Show at gmail.com. Uh, We're going to wrap up uh, this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show, but don't forget each and every Saturdays from 10 a.m. start time, Central Standard Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can watch the Coles Brown Show. Until next Saturday at 10 a.m., as always, peace and God bless. <laughs>